It is a good morning. It's very early today. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be back. Took a couple of weeks off. Should be back on a pretty regular clip. Now, this is the QTR podcast. This is the reason you have an internet connection, folks. Just for this one podcast I put out when I decide... Ah, I'm a little bored. Maybe I should put one out. What's the bare minimum I can do to appease my sponsors? Speaking of which, I have Sang Lucci on the podcast today, which is fantastic. It has been a long time. I've been trying to get this dude back on the podcast for like months. His schedule is impossible. I have attention deficit disorder, so it's very difficult to make this happen. I'm stoked it's happening today. First and foremost, before we get started, I do want to shout out my appreciation to my longtime supporters over at JM Bullion. The only place I buy my gold and silver bullion. They've been supporters of the podcast for a long time. If you need gold and silver bullion, and I'm sure at some point we'll talk about how screwed the economy is. But right now, uh, gold is uh, well over $2,000 an ounce. Silver is ripping as well because we're heading into a big unknown when it comes to the market, when it comes to the global economy. And people want to park out in the old safe haven gold. So if you want to do that with bullion, there's no better way to do it than to check out jmbullion.com or email my friend Laura, L-A-U-R-A at jmbullion.com if you don't feel like navigating the website. But if you do feel like navigating the website, you will see an incredible selection of uh, inventory. There's some really cool stuff. I just saw some. Uh, I just got a, an email yesterday from them with some uh, new commemorative silver coins that I thought were awesome. Uh, I may actually do some browsing of the website myself later, and I'm not just saying that because I'm recording this. Um, they have uh, great reasonable prices. They always have product in stock, even when there's a rush to buy physical. They ship discreetly, and I just like doing business with JM Bullion. So if you like them as much as I do, or even if you don't know them yet, you got to take my word for it and do a little shopping over at JM Bullion. Tell them the Q-Man sent you. This podcast also brought to you by my friend George Gammon over at Rebel Capitalist Pro. Speaking of people I haven't talked to in a while that I need to. Uh, actually, he invited me to go on his show a couple weeks ago, but I was busy. Maybe I'll do that first. Maybe I'll hit them up today. Rebel Capitalist Pro is an incredible product that gives you insights into the world of out-of-control central banks so that you can help pre- so it can help you preserve your wealth. Just deal with me, folks. It's early this morning. I'm going to fuck up multiple times. That was just the first or maybe even the second. I think I screwed up earlier, too. Okay. Lots of verbal diarrhea here this morning. Just pull it together, Chris. Fucking three minutes into the thing. Make it through the intro, and then you can let Sanglucci do the talking while you mainline the rest of your coffee. <laughs> or maybe, maybe I can let Sanglucci do some shaving this morning. George Gammon has teamed up with Brent Johnson, Lynn Alden, Chris McIntosh, and is delivering you incredible content with Rebel Capitalist Pro. Not only do they do live question and answer sessions, not only do you get access to mock portfolios and insights from George's experts, but they also have a wonderful forum that uh, everybody shares investing ideas on. I am a, uh, a reader of the forum constantly. I love George Gammon. I love his YouTube channel. He's got two of them now. One is George Gammon. The other one is Rebel, Rebel Capitalist. He does great live streams. The dude cranks out a ton of content. He's doing live conferences now. He parties in Hawaii, folks. So does Sang Luigi. He parties in Hawaii. 
fucking George Gammon, Rebel Capitalist Pro, great human being, has been a kind friend of mine and a kind friend of the podcast, which uh, I appreciate and I know my listeners do too. So uh, if you want to give him a shout, that link is in my podcast description along with JM Bullion. And I'll also shout out my friends over at Doomberg. I love those guys. One of my favorite sub stacks to read. Uh, and also, let me give a non-sponsored shout-out, uh, because I don't think Doomberg sponsors me anymore. I just like them. But I just want to give a also non-sponsored shout-out to my buddy Rudy Habenstein over at Substack. He got kicked off Twitter. Make sure you check out his Substack. I'm going to find it right now for you, because the dude's funny, and he gets it, and he's critical of fucking central banking, and I like reading his shit. It's rudy.substack.com and Twitter. Fuck you for banning him think that's all I need to say. I could read you the Sang Lucci riot act, but I'm going to have him on. I'll let, I'll let him do that for me since I seem to have a mouthful of fucking marbles this morning. All right. On the line with me today, one of the originals, one of the OGs was on like podcast number two with me back when I was doing it with a, uh, a $9 microphone I bought off Amazon. Thank God those days are over. The content still sucks, but at least you can hear me clearer. My good buddy, Mr. Sanglucci, how are you this morning, sir? We got motherfucking uh, Sanglucci in the house. <laughs> good morning, good morning, good morning. You're back from Tulum, I, I hear, yeah? I am. I'm back from Mexico. And boy, oh boy, was it a good time. Attaboy. Attaboy. It's good to hear, man. It's good to hear. It's good to... I watch you on Instagram. Nobody watches you on Instagram, actually. Yeah, so you, don't, this big... you don't even talk about my Instagram. You got this big podcast where everybody listens to it, and then you have this Instagram that shows so much of how much fun you're having in life, and nobody follows you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. I, I have it on like you know ultra private because I don't want people on my fucking Instagram. Perfect. You know. Perfect. But I Perfect. figured since I've seen you passed out in the back of a taxi cab before, me and you have an understanding that you know what, what goes on on Instagram stays on Instagram. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. It's just you running. It's just you enjoying. It's just you spending quality time with yourself. It's 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 inspiring, bro. It's inspiring. I really enjoy it. It's not inspiring. Why are you it, lying? It is, man. It is. It's how simple. It's how simple your life has become. You it, have a true. very simple but very enjoyable life, and it's very it's very enjoyable to watch somebody. You know, to to you know, just enjoy life being that simple and taking those simple pleasures and doing exactly what they want to do. Right, and that's what I do. I run a lot, and I go to jujitsu, and I like to you know take photos around the city and shit like that. But yeah, man, life's good, man. It's uh, the the simpler the better. That's why I live in a very small apartment. You know, can't can't accumulate too much shit, which I think yep. is a virtue. I think that's a good thing, and. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping things are staying as simple and relaxed. I got to tell you, man, you know, obviously I've been trying to get you back on for a couple of months, but our, our scheduling is just we're both terrible at scheduling, number one. <laughs> and uh, we both have shit going on, which is part of the problem as well. But I, I dipped into one of your live streams the other day for the first time ever ah. and just just no, no bullshit. And, you know, we didn't have any like... Uh, uh, you know, pre-discussion before this podcast about like, hey, let's take the first five minutes and jerk each other off. But like, I, I gotta tell you, man, you were like, you looked like you were in the flow state. You looked like you were doing your thing. It looks like fucking, you know, you were on some shit about watching the tape and market psychology and 
you know, hey man, I'm just going with the flow. Like this is fucking, this is fucking a million other motherfuckers in front of their screen like me watching <laughs> the same fucking shit over. <laughs> That's what all these little ticks are. But I was like, man, Lucci is fucking doing his thing. You look like you're in your prime, man. This is what I do, man. This is what this is what I've done, and this is what this is this. These are the skills that I've acquired over time, man. And you can't deny. You can't deny that skill set. You might try to run away from it every now and then because you might get tired. You might get tired and sick of what you're doing. You know, those things, those moments definitely happen to me. But, um, you know, you, you, you are the accumulation of all that knowledge that you've picked up over the years. And if I've read tape for eight hours a day for the last 12 freaking years, man, God damn it, it's okay for me to say I'm pretty fucking good at it, man. Yeah, and I got to tell you, man. You know, I joined Twitter in May of, and I'm on my way out on Twitter, by the way, too. So yeah. if, if one day yeah. you wake up and my Twitter's just fucking nuked, don't don't let it be a surprise to you. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I am, I'm over it. I'm okay with watching. I like looking at some of the news and stuff, but I've said everything I need to say. But let me say yep. this. Um, yep. I forget what the fuck I was going to say. Uh, oh, yeah. It's been like 10 years, dude, since like we've been friends on uh Twitter, like official. I know I've been saying ten years for a while, but yeah. I mean, next month is officially ten years on wow. FinTwit, and you wow. were one of the originals. Wow, ten years, man, ten years, and how much this shit has grown, man. It's 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 wild. But it also to the other side of it, you know, you felt like you've said everything that you needed to say in the discourse of 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 everything that you've tried to build. So what would be what's the next uh, what's the next evolution for you then? Well, I'll continue to do the podcast, and I'll uh, I like writing on Substack, but I like yeah. the fact that I can put a lot of thoughts together instead of just you know I don't need to have fucking fifty characters about every news headline that comes out because while right. I think the stuff in my head, it's not doing anybody any good to put all that shit out there. But you right. were you were around before you, when I first got on Twitter. You were already there, and you had your fucking logo and everything. Yeah. And I remember seeing your shit and being like. Sang Lucci, like what the fuck is this? Like designer handbags? Like the logo looked like <laughs> looked you, like that YSL. It looked yeah. like that YSL. <laughs> it sounded like Gucci, you know, and and it looked like the Louis Vuitton logo. And I'm like, what's going on over here? Is this guy trying to sell me a wallet? You know, <laughs> the cheapest thing in the store. But yeah, how, how does it feel for you, man? Uh, honestly, I'm 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 similar in the sense of um, in the sense you. You've, you've said everything you've needed to say. However, like there's so much fresh con – like there's so much fresh content. Like it's never going to stop, man. Right. It's never going to stop. Like you take any given day and there's just so much stuff to talk about and there's so much – there's so much – whether it's just financial, whether it's political, whether it's this and that. Like there's going to be a new QTR that pops up you know, tomorrow that has a new spin on things and has a new way of saying things that people gravitate to. And all of a sudden, you know, that person gets 100,000 followers and 200,000 followers just because of their spin and their take on the news that is coming out. Like it's it's it never stops, man. It never stops. So that cycle just kind of keeps going. It's just we get tired of it. Right? right. We get tired of being that voice. So therefore, we allow kind of the younger crew to come along and, and give their spin to it. And then it just lends itself to this never ending cycle of content and content and content. Of people and content. pissing into the wind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and again, that's our opinion of it. Their opinion is 
hey, shit, my opinion has has all this kind of value, and everybody else is following me because they like my opinion, and and you know, and it just it just keeps going on. You and I kind of have been been around for a long enough time where you know things take their course, and we want to do other things. That's it. You know, so I'm I'm similar, man. I'm similar. I'm yeah, working well, on. It looked like it looked like on your Twitch stream, you know, it it's uh, it looked like you had just kind of dropped into a groove, and that and I think that's similar yeah. to me with the Substack because I yeah. can write a little bit more long form. And you know, obviously, if you're streaming eight hours a day or whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. not every minute is going to be riveting. You know, some sometimes nope. you're just going to be standing there just chilling sometimes you gotta fucking shave like you did on my podcast at one time sometimes you're gonna fart and fucking take a drink of your coffee like you know not not every moment is uh action-packed but that's cool because then maybe you feel like you don't have to deliver like you know riveting shit all the time you can just do your thing and be yourself and i feel like that with the Substack. i don't write unless i have something unless i have a point that i want to make because i'm happy i have a lot of other content that I curate, that I read through, that interests me, that I'm happy to pass along. And so yeah, I don't really put a lot of pressure on myself. And it didn't look like you were doing that either. No, I, this is a new medium that I really am enjoying, um, you know, just kind of going live and just kind of because in my truest form, it's always like when you're right next to me. You know, right. and hence, hence why I created the the trade space. You know, and now we're we're full shop down here. So it's it's a much different engagement. It's a much, you know, I'm trying to bring the 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 community back to just one on one and in person kind of, uh, you know, relationships and, and and that kind of stuff. I mean, some of the traders that I've met down here so far at trade space, like I've done business with them. I've become great friends with them. These guys are from all over the world. There was a, there was a couple of guys here from Dubai and. And uh, I'm going to head out to Dubai and, and hang out with these guys, you know, and possibly look for, you know, locations over there. So, you know, traders, I think we're always we're always going to think in unique ways and we don't talk to each other enough. And Twitch kind of is a way for me to get closer to the folks who, who follow me besides being in a chat room or besides, you know, watching me on YouTube or Instagram or wherever the hell it is, you know, Twitch allows me to, 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 you know, to talk more directly to these people and connect deeper with some of these people on a day-to-day basis. Cause the, 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 the value that I bring is from when you're right next to me. It's always from when you're right next to me, you know, and that's the biggest value that I can, that I can give. So I'm enjoying it, man. I'm really enjoying it. My buddy just got back from PR and said it was incredible. I've never been there. Okay. Um, but I, I imagine I'll make my way down there probably almost guaranteed at some point this year. And I will, okay. uh, and I'm going to stop in. Of course, man. Of course. It's a fun time. You're going to love it, man. Cause I, I know you well, man. So you're going to, you're going to love it. We're going to have some fun, man. It's cool because I remember when you were just scouting out that space down there. I remember when you first moved to PR. Yeah. You know, and you were just scouting yeah. everything out. And so what's the deal? You live there for like uh, six months and a day out of the year or something no. to be official or what? No, I'm here all the time, man. I love this place. I wouldn't go anywhere else. You know what I mean? Is that so, right? 
I, if you would compare it to Can- – like I've been to Tulum. I've been to, I've been to Mexico. And if you compare it – like Tulum is another – is a whole other vibe, of course. Right. Because Tulum is made for – was built for the attraction and, and you know, and then it just kind of grew into this subculture. So many of these different subcultures, tons of entrepreneurs down there, tons of, um, you know, tons of Airbnb kind of, you know, situations going on there and then a big li- nightlife and all that. You got Playa del Carmen right down the street, you know, Fifth Ave right there down the street, you know, so, so Tulum is a whole different vibe. Puerto Rico is special in the sense that it's not – it's not super touristy like you would go to Dominican Republic or you would go to right. Tulum and all that kind of stuff. Like Puerto Ricans are very proud and they love their freaking country and they love everything that comes out of it. You know, the music, the the, the entertainment, uh, the nightlife and all that kind of stuff, the food, um, you know, and the island and everything. So they still – it's still their place. You know what I mean? It's still yeah. very much their place. And wherever you go, you see that wherever you are, but it's very welcoming and it's gorgeous, bro. You don't it need a passport gorgeous. either, do you? To get down you there? don't need a passport, man. You don't need a passport. You know yeah, that's dope. You're still in the the U.S., I guess. Well, I mean, what's different other than the uh, the fact that you can't vote and you get those tax breaks? Anything? It's yeah. I mean, of course, it's the food, it's the vibe, it's the it's the culture and everything. That's what that's the biggest difference, man. I mean, you you you're uh, where I'm at. I'm in the city, and one of my favorite beaches in the freaking world is 20 minutes away from me. It's literally <laughs> it's literally my favorite beach, and I can pop over there any time. The one right down the street from the office, which is about two minutes uh, uh, drive time. It's packed it, with all the people from the city that want to get a beach vibe, and this is where we play beach tennis every single morning. So I'm out wow. there playing beach tennis every morning before I come to the office and then in the afternoons as well, and beach tennis is huge here, and it's it's a growing sport. It's a growing community and everything, so I'm playing a lot of that. It's a great way to meet people, and you know, it's just a, an, an amazing vibe. And the nightlife here on the weekend, it never stops, man. Do they have any jiu-jitsu never- gyms down there? Hundred percent, man. There's a big, there's a big, a big jujitsu community over here. I'm gonna introduce you to a couple of my boys, man. They'll, they'll, pro- they'll probably whoop up on you, but probably, you know, it'll be, <laughs> it'll be a good move, man. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't move. be the first ass whooping I've taken. Trust me. <laughs> Indeed. So what's it? Is it sketchy when uh, you know during hurricane season down there? I feel like the one thing I always see about Puerto Rico. Yeah. Other than fucking, you know, where do I see Puerto Rico? Uh, every time a fucking Daddy Yankee video comes on, number one. And, <laughs> well, you're and number missing two, the biggest, and man. No- you're missing Bad Bunny, bro. How are you going to miss Bad Bunny, I don't bro? even know who the fuck that is. I don't even know who oh, that is. Oh, my God, Chris. But, oh, uh, my God. You know, I'm that, that dates me. You know, Daddy Yankee. That was like, what, 20 years ago that, that first single dropped, whatever. So, yep. Yep. you know, I know it from there, and I know it from... The Weather Channel, because every yeah. time there's a hurricane, it's always like Puerto Rico is just right in the line of fire. Does does it yep. get sketchy down there during storm it's, season? It's 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 a lottery ticket, man. It's 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 hit or miss. You know what I mean? So if they'll if they'll say, hey, Hurricane Dorian is coming through and it's going to wipe out Puerto Rico, and then it completely misses us, and then it hits Bahamas and destroys Bahamas, you know. So it's a it's a, it's a lottery thing, you know what I mean? It's 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 up to God at the at the well, end of the day. So. Yeah, everything is. But I mean, you've been down there the last couple of years, so you've yep. endured a few hurricanes. What, a few of them. A what, few of them. What's that? Were, what's that like? They, and how bad they were, were? 
they were on the light side. They were on the light side. But again, like Puerto Ricans are always super prepared. So as soon as, you know, as soon as the word comes out, boom, everybody kind of bands together. Everybody kind of helps each other out. That's the one thing that I always, always will remember about this place forever is how much people help each other, how much people, you know, after things happen, how much people come to each other's rescue. Um you know, how much support there is from, from parts of the island that didn't get hit to parts of the island that got hit really bad. You know, there's always uh, uh, water and uh, there's always things being brought to these communities to make sure everybody's okay, shelter and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's uh, these people have learned how to, how, to, how to live, how to move on and how to live well, man. So it, it, it's, it's very rapidly that they'll come back after, uh, after, after, after a bad hurricane. Now – are there damages and things that can happen? Yes. I lost my first crop of cannabis, outdoor crop, three acres, and Ooh. I lost the whole thing, bro. I lost the whole thing. And that was worth a mil? That was worth a mil, I think. Uh, probably a little bit a little bit less than a mil. And it was outdoor, it was outdoor. We had it ready to go. We already had it sold. And and flooding came in. So it wasn't actually a hurricane, but it was just flooding came in in that part of the island and the whole farm was just drenched to, you know, two feet with uh, with water, man. And I lost the whole freaking crop, man. So if you're wondering what like type, you know, what sets me apart from Lucci other than the fact that he's got more money than I do and he just, you know, he moves a little bit different. I'm sitting here picking my ass, drinking instant coffee. He's got a million dollar <laughs> cannabis crop growing in Puerto Rico like, he's, like you're fucking El Chapo down there playing beach tennis in white linen clothes every morning and growing a million dollars worth of marijuana in a giant plot of land down there. I would say our lives are a little bit different. <laughs> they are different, man. They are different. I choose to burden myself with more and more and more and more. And subsequently, you know, there's a lot of value to it. And there's a lot of like, there's a lot of cool stuff that I get out of it. But at the same time, it brings a lot of stress as well. But I carry it, man. I carry it well. And I, I, I try to keep it moving, man. Sometimes, sometimes though, it, it does break me down. Let's, uh, sorry to interrupt. Let's go back to, uh, to, to what we're just talking about a little bit earlier because we don't we don't talk much about macro but I, I do want to ask you about it because I'm interested in your perspective I see the markets and I see the global economy and just the world in general it kind of making a new unprecedented path here and I, I'm trying to get perspective as to whether or not I just haven't been around long enough or if things really do look strange to everybody so i know that you don't really give a shit about macro because you trade tape and that's right. one of the nice things about doing that is you don't really have to worry about whether or not wheat's down or gold's up or equities are down or you know oil's up because you just pick a fucking you know pick something liquid and just watch the tape um i'm kind of jealous i wish i could i wish i could do that but you know i find myself struggling to try to predict where we're going to wind up next here in the next six months, year, yep. 18 months with markets, with interest rates. Uh, what do you, what do you think about? I think uh, this is a very, you know, this is something I've been thinking about a lot because a lot of people are baffled with the fact of where we are markets wise versus where we are macro wise. Yeah. Right? And, and yeah, everybody's exactly. just kind of, everybody's just kind of wondering like, what is the disconnect here? What are we missing? And, 
honestly, honestly, to me, to me, I look at it this way. I look at it this way, right? It's like, you know, at the at Arlo's three eighty, you know, in March, I think we were at three eighty on Spy, and uh, this was March, and that was the that was the peak of like panic and 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 bank bank collapse and catastrophe, um, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Then they went ahead and print. Then they went ahead and printed more. They did what they had to do. And like there was a, there's just a lack of fear right now. Right. There's a lack of fear. Everybody's just kind of swallowed up all of that fear that we had before, and that slowly brought about the kind of similar markets to, uh, I don't, I forget what year. I can't. I, th- I think they were after 2020, after COVID, where we just, we just have this relentless freaking bid in the market. I don't know where the hell it's coming from. I don't understand it to be quite honest, passive but funds, I do know it's coming from passive funds and sure. the behavioral kind of, uh, the psychological, um, I don't know what you would call it. The, uh, you know, the fact that everybody has been rewarded for just having that stance over the last 20 years with rates at zero. And so they right. just think, all right, well, we can do that again. Keep going. We can I'm do sorry. that again. Exactly. Exactly. So there's that sentiment. <clears throat> there's that sentiment. Plus you got shorts. Plus you got shorts every single day. Fresh round of shorts right. every single day that get squeezed and squeezed and squeezed. So I think we go higher. I still think we go higher. I still think – you know, we go to 420 spy. We go to 430 spy. I still think it's totally possible. I still think there's names that they haven't even rotated into yet, uh, and they're still going ahead and 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 buying these things. But at the same time, there's this protection trade that's going on too. There's people that are buying BTC. There's people that are buying gold. There's people that are buying all that all these kind of assets. You know, and there's this kind of you know there's this kind of protection thing going on. Because everybody still believes that, all right, you know, that, that, that we're going, you know, we're going to die. This market is going to freaking die. To be honest, I just can't see it. I can't see it yet. And I can't see it yet happening until maybe the end of the year or possibly even next year, you know, because if now you even take a look at those bank earnings uh, 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 in the last couple of days. There were some pretty damn good bank earnings. But you notice the price of action still on the banks is still trash, absolutely trash. Right. Nobody wants to own them anymore, and I understand that narrative completely. So what do people want to own? It's this weird market where now it's very particular. It's only certain names that are bidding up the whole thing, like the semiconductors, the NVIDIAs of the world, all this AI shit. You know, all these kind of uh, these 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 few outperforming assets like Meta and a couple of these other names that everybody just wants to own, uh, while they just do nothing here on the rest of these names. Like all those growth names that got absolutely destroyed uh, uh, after COVID, nobody is picking any of these things up. Not even not even like the the, the social media names or anything. You know, it's casinos. It's it's random shit. You know that people are picking up, so I think we continue this well after this particular earnings season, and I think we continue to go higher because what's the new? What's the what's going to set the fear back in? After all the fear that we've swallowed up, what is that going to be? And well, I can't don't, see it. I can't see it. Don't you think that with rates, you know, nearly at five percent, that something else is going to break? I mean, essentially, you're making the argument that. With rates at, you know, 5%, for one reason or another, valuations simply don't matter anymore, right? Because the nope. market's not cheap on a, on a valuation basis, especially if earnings growth winds up slowing. 
So, I mean, is the bull case just, uh, you know, just kind of throw earnings to the wind? Have, have we entered into a new period now where, you know, reversion to the mean is now, uh, you know, 20 times earnings instead of eight times earnings, which it used to be in, in bear markets? Right. Right. I think so. I think so, man. I think so. And I think they reward certain names and I think they over reward uh, uh, certain names and then just leave to the wayside all this other guck here uh, that got too that got too overvalued during uh, during COVID. Um, you know, and, and I can't to your point about the rates being this high. You know, now the new narrative is the whole credit crunch. Right. So if now uh, banks won't lend out as much. You know, is there a big credit crunch, you know, coming down the line? And I don't think I don't think we're I don't think we've seen it yet. Could that be the you know, could that be the shoe that drops? I have no idea, man. I have no idea. But I don't know <laughs> what narrative I don't know what narrative it would be to create the kind of selling that we saw the beginning of this year and towards the end of last year. I don't know what that what that I think. Be. I think when people start marking their books on their commercial real estate Mm-hmm. And I think credit is going to dry up, you know, it, it's just it, it's just uh, look, I've been wrong. I've been one of those guys on the wrong side of the trade here for the last you know, six right. months or a year, because I, I thought that these rate hikes would impact the market a lot quicker than obviously they are. We saw the banking collapse, and I think there's more of that to come. And the, the questions will be on how the regulators deal with that and how much the Fed, I guess, wants to intervene. But it, then again, you know, they can only intervene to some extent before that becomes problematic and sends the wrong signal to the market. But I look, you know, I think that you make a good point that everybody being on the wrong side of that trade for the last six months has kind of helped fuel the move higher. Everybody that's mm-hmm. saying all the same shit that I've been saying, having said that and not to yep. sound like a total chode, yep. but having said that, I, I still think that. You know, real estate, commercial real estate, when everybody starts marking down their book there, I think yep. there's holes blown in balance sheets already that we just don't know about. And we 100%. won't know until the those Silicon Valley Bank style fire sales happen, right? A hundred percent. hundred percent. There's a couple regional banks, actually, that, that, that just reported earnings. And they look okay, man. They look okay. Some of them came out and they look, they look, they look okay. So until that shoe drops, and since nobody knows when that's going to happen, and it's it's very obscure right now, we melt up, man. We melt up, and they yep. keep they keep they keep squeezing people. They keep burning people, man. And because there's a lot of people who believe that yo, this this you know we're in this recession and blah blah blah, we should be going down. Why aren't markets reflecting? That's more fuel for 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 them to squeeze. And I think I think it's I think there's a big squeeze that is still coming, and that's going to be your short. That's going to be your short. So that's what I'm waiting for. Um, talk to me about Bitcoin. You mentioned it uh, a little while ago. Are you long Bitcoin? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm aggressively long Bitcoin. Are actually. you? I'm aggressively long Bitcoin now. And one of my biggest strategies right now is to just because Bitcoin, it only moves in these big 1,000 point programs randomly. Uh, you know, during the times of the night. Other than that, it doesn't really do much. It has like a freaking 500 point range throughout the U.S. equity uh, 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 cash session. So writing options on BTC right now and Ether 
has been one of my best performing strategies. And all I'm doing is is adding more because it settles in BTC or Ether. Right. So all I'm doing is adding more BTC. So I want to own as much BTC and Ether as freaking possible, man. What I don't. What's your long term bull on. case for for Bitcoin and and, and Ether, but specifically yeah. Bitcoin? What long term bull case is simply what's happening to the U.S. dollar right now and what's happening, uh, uh, you know, underlying this whole market and what's happening with the with the Fed and all of that. All of that to me is a simple, you know, there's already a solution for it. And that solution is crypto. And you know what? I'm, oh, you want to know what my biggest one is? I spent honestly three weeks trying to open a bank account here in Puerto Rico. I'm still spending maybe another week trying to figure out how to wire some shit and i get i get wires turned back all the time right i worked with this company out in spain and they couldn't figure out how to send me money for about 30 days right it's the dumbest shit i've ever witnessed it's the dumbest it's the most useless thing ever i walk into the banks here especially in in, in puerto rico because it's a little bit behind in the states but even in the states i'm seeing the same shit you walk into a bank and you can't get what you need done. Right. There's always this red tape. Always. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And meanwhile, I can send BTC. I can send value in seconds with, with you know for way less money. And I can store it. I have my private keys. I'm good to go. And it's it's just the solution for so many freaking problems it's just it oh. takes a while for people to adapt things i mean shit we still print and scan shit man we still print <laughs> and scan shit you know what i mean we're still in the era where we still print and scan shit and we pay a ridiculous money for ink fucking toner on a stupid ass laser printer when all we have to do is just fucking take a picture scan it we still make people do dumb shit and i think banking in 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 the U.S. right now or all over the world is the dumbest way to send value in this particular era and this particular generation. Well, I'm with you on the uh, on the banking red tape. You know, I, I I I see exactly what you're talking about. I mean, I remember like two years ago, I went to go get a check. I went to get a bank check. To speaking uh -huh. of you know doing things with print and paper, still, <laughs> I went to get a bank check. Yep. To made out to the Pennsylvania Department of Revenue to pay my taxes mm -hmm. for the year because I wanted to, and I think the PA still only allowed you to mail them a check at the point at the time they hadn't updated their shit. But uh, you know, I went to go get a check, and it wasn't that large of a check at all. And you know, I got the bank asking all these questions like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" You know, like, "What, what's going on here?" You know, they got to bring somebody over and whatever. And then they always give you the, "Oh, the computer's slow today." When you know yep. they're just like they're hitting a button under the desk, like, "Get the manager over here!" You know, like, "Yep, sir, we got to we we need to see where the money uh, came from." I'm like, "What's with all these fucking questions?" I'm like, first off, you know, and I'm I'm not doing anything, you know, un untoward. I said, "I'm exactly. trying to get a check made out to the Pennsylvania Department of Revenue." You would have thought I walked in there and asked them to fill up a bag with hundreds. And yep. fucking was asking to walk out, and it's been one instance like that after another. And if you, you know, another great place where you see it, I don't see it there so much anymore, but I used to. Would be at the casino. Like if you want to see fucking yep. like people uh, asking questions about handling cash, go to a casino and be yep. quote unquote lucky enough to you know to win. I mean, I remember I won thirty five hundred or four thousand dollars at one point. 
and you know, on some f- stupid fucking uh, side bet on the on the blackjack, you know, you you hit the the ladies or what? I don't know what it was. It wasn't lucky ladies, but it was some side bet like that. Yeah. And I won a thing, dude. It took me like an hour and a half. You feel like a fucking criminal by the time yep. you by the time you're walking away with your money. They got me filling out forms. They got me fucking on camera, sir. Can you take off your hat? Can you do this? Can you do that? <clears throat> and then after the end of it all, they got the balls to be like, "Well, do you want to check?" I'm like, "I don't want to fucking check. You better give me that fucking cash." Dude. I've been sitting here waiting for this. <laughs> money you know what i mean check my ass it's just yep. like <clears throat> yep. Yep. so and i guess and we've well, accepted we've accepted this for the privilege well, hang on hang because, on hang on yeah, let, let me make my point it. here because i understand your beef but i just want to i the point of all that shit right is that the government wants to regulate all of this stuff because they want to under the guise of you know anti-money laundering and know your customer and whatever right. you know so i i understand that right they don't want drug money being trafficked through the united states or whatever but having said that do you do you honestly think that they're going to allow bitcoin to just exist outside of that ecosystem and they're not going to see that as a threat because that's what's going on right that's why elizabeth warren is speaking up and of course you have these people saying okay well crypto caused this banking collapse which you know, Silicon Valley Bank collapsed because they had to fire sale some of their assets because they had yep. dog shit in their portfolio. It doesn't have anything exactly. to fucking do with crypto. So yep. I see this stuff yesterday. It's like, oh, talk about, you know, it's like the Inflation Reduction Act, right? You name it one thing and it does another. But <clears throat> my question is, what makes you think that the government's just going to allow Bitcoin to exist outside of that ecosystem? Because it does provide the solutions you're talking about, right? You want to zap me half a million overnight? Bang. Bitcoin and we're done, right? Yep. But the government's going to see that as a threat. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to be like, "Wow, what a great innovation for the system." So, doesn't that yes. shoot a hole in your in your bull case? So, 100%, 100% it does. And there's always that there's there's that risk, right? And that risk has been sitting out there for years now. And I think at this point, something and I hate to say it, but something bad, there's chaos that's that's coming, man. And that chaos might be in the form of complete distrust, you know, way more than we've ever seen before. I mean, it started in 2008, right? Now it's continuing uh, uh, right now with some of these other banks, and it's slowly going to continue, right? Other 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 countries are stop are are stopping to use, you know, the dollar as a as a reserve, right? And all of these things are going to start pushing some kind of changes, right? And I have no idea how this is going to happen, but even the banks will have no choice but to adopt some of the blockchain technology. And to create these digital currencies, they're already freaking talking about it. You know what I mean? And and is that going to be a problem? What is that going to look like? I have no freaking idea. I couldn't even I couldn't even try to try to estimate or predict what could happen. You know, there, there's there's going to be people on both sides of that coin. But something bad, something bad is really going to happen. Some chaos, something fucking horrible is going to happen where everybody's like, all right, well that's it. That's it. There's no more. There's no more of this shit. We ain't waiting no more. And and that's when the mass adoption is just going to uh, is is just going to happen. And that's my that's 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 my overarching thesis. And then beyond that, beyond that, it's already created so many waves and so many solutions to so many problems that it's here. It's here. The government hasn't been able to stop this as much as they've been able to try. And it's 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 here, man. 
It's here. So the question is, is who needs to die or who, you know, what conspiracy needs to happen or what chaos needs to happen for it to be pushed over that edge? And the U.S. could be in a really shitty place if what I'm thinking, you know, from a chaotic standpoint uh, uh, does happen. And, you know, unfortunately, these are the sad but true things that happen in the world. And they happen every, you know, couple of decades, man. Something fucked up happens. And that's the big adoption for 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 everything. <clears throat> yeah, I said to my buddy yesterday or two days ago that I could really see, you know, look, regardless of whether or not you're a bull or a bear, and right. I don't want to foment any type of, uh, you know, uh, anything. I'm just making a point here yeah. that I could really see Bitcoin as kind of being a uh, as being kind of a war between, you know. Yep. The yep. government and and yep. the populace because Absolutely. that's it, what I'm talking. It's about. grown so quickly, you know. Uh, it took me a little while to understand how its how its adoption is actually you know part of the reason that it's uh, part of the part of the bull case. I I kind of get it now in a way that I hadn't before, and I understand that its functionality and the idea of digital scarcity and its network are really are really its own commodity right so i i get that um what's interesting to me is it has grown so quickly and it has really threaded itself into the financial infrastructure of the country uh and the world in a way that it's going to make it very difficult to to kind of undo you're not going to be able to unwind that ball of yarn that has been uh rolled up so that leads me to believe that if the government tries to come down with a heavy hand right they could be in for some interesting pushback from you know people that i don't know man there's never there's really never been anything like it too which is the other big point some people say all right well that's a negative it's also a very interesting positive yo during this whole last rise from twenty thousand, like how many how many people sorry how many people businesses and, you know, how many people are involved in the crypto ecosystem? And there's a lot of just bilge in the world of crypto. There is a lot of raw sewage, yeah. Sam Bankman stinky motherfuckers that sit around and play <laughs> Fortnite all day and don't shower, coming up with shit coins, running Ponzi schemes. There are, there are you know, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren is right when she says there's you know, tens of billions, if not hundreds of billions of dollars of fraud in crypto. What what I stop short of is that Bitcoin is a Ponzi scheme, which is, you know, the argument I was listening to. One of the guys on Bill Maher was uh, wrote wrote an anti-crypto book. And I used to just say, yeah, it is. But now I just stop a little bit short of that. And I think that 99% of the ecosystem is dog shit, but there may be this one kind of underlying granddaddy of it that, you know, may wind up sticking around. And this is all maybe and all very, you know. Right. So the the point is now you have how many people that have thought about that before I did, because I know I'm not the quickest adopter in the world. As a matter of fact, I'm the opposite. How many people, you know, have Bitcoin as a part of their uh, portfolio, see it as a hedge against inflation, see it as this, see it as they don't even have to be transacting in it. But, you know, right. just because they believe that it could have some value in the, I mean, look, here's a good example. Look at what happened with this MMTLP shit, right? 
Yep. Here you got, and I don't know if you've been watching this, right? You have a company that that underwent a corporate action where essentially owners of one share of uh, stock got uh, were distributed uh, a, a separate share of stock as part of a corporate action, and then the old share got canceled, right? Which happens. This happens all the time, right? Mergers and acquisitions, whatever. Because these people didn't understand what happened when they halted and canceled the old share of stock, which was exactly what was supposed to happen because they were distributed whatever they were supposed to be distributed per the merger agreement or per the acquisition agreement. They're now rioting basically and saying, you know, they're showing up at the fucking Capitol. They're writing to FINRA. They're calling fucking the government's voicemails and they're doing these huge Twitter spaces saying, our money got stolen from us. This stock got halted. There's right. shorts that still need to cover. All this shit that's just wrong. They just don't understand what has happened here. Right. But now take that and you think about how many retail shareholders this you know dog shit company had. Probably right. five thousand or ten thousand. Take that and multiply that by you know ten thousand, and you have the number of people that would be affected by like a mass ban on Bitcoin. Sure. And, and I find that very interesting because Sure. I mean, I don't know. What, what do you see playing out when it comes to regulation? Well, that's the thing. that's what I was just going to say. I mean, I mean, BTC this last run from on BTC from 20,000 to 30,000, yeah. it was during it was during a period in time where the SEC slapped more regulations and were and were attempting to slap more regulations on crypto than ever before. Than ever before, mm-hmm. Gensler, Gensler, and the whole you know the whole crew here. They're just they're just you know every single day there was more news on oh my uh, you know we we're gonna regulate this we're gonna regulate that we're gonna regulate this so it's all coming, and BTC had a ten thousand point run during that shit. Ethereum had a freaking huge run during that shit. Um, you know, so I think I think everybody's already prepared, similar to what's happening in the equity markets already. Um, you know, it's already prepared uh, uh, for 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 these things to kind of hit. Now you're talking about a catastrophic level of regulation, just kind of you know, just kind of things where they're shutting retail investors down and they're not even letting them. It doesn't have to be uh, catastrophic. It's just got to be to the point where I can't go to the bank and get a check to pay my taxes. Right. Level. Right. Right, exactly, exactly. In that case, we'll start to see a lot of the weaker coins, I'm sure, weed the hell out. Mm-hmm. And as you say, you know, you kind of have that one big daddy here kind of coming out on top. You'll start to see all that kind of stuff because nobody is seeing value in, uh, uh, you know, some of these some of these bullshit tokens here. I mean, we had that period in time where it was, you know, the valuations just like in the U.S. equities markets were going through the freaking roof for this crypto stuff and you know that time is slowly being weeded out you know the nfts and all this kind of stuff is slowly being weeded out however it's still a place here where resale markets and 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 you know folks with a following you know can really make some money and can really use the system here uh to make a lot of money i mean shit trump sold out in fucking an hour of his second collection of his <laughs> uh, of his trump cards for 99 dollars. man he sold out again you know in an hour so you know there's there's it's it's money is being made here money is being lost here and it is it is a lot <laughs> how it much, is a lot how much of the bid for bitcoin from the 20 to 30,000 move do you think is is legitimate and how much of it do you think is 
Binance fucking around, tethers being printed, that kind of shit. Because you have, uh, you have to think about that, right? Yeah, no, 100%, right? So it's like, okay, so if you can't <laughs> – the fear was – the fear was now – and this was, the, this was the beauty of it. You're right. You're right about it, right? Because it could have been half of it. The fear was is that at the moment in time, you couldn't even have a fucking stable coin because it weren't even fucking stable, right? You were looking at uh, 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 you know, all these stable coins drop in value, so everybody was scared there. So it was like, all right, if we can't hold the stable coins and these aren't really stable what the fuck can we buy right. we got to go buy btc we have to go buy btc and you're right that was a narrative for a good amount of time and that could have been a, a, a decent chunk of it but that ain't you know that, that it, it, it wasn't enough man it wasn't enough so what i saw recently in btc has made me has made me even more bullish um on this thing going forward yeah, interesting. Uh, let's talk about politics real quick, which is something sure. we don't really ever talk about. You brought up Trump. It just made me want to ask you yeah. politically here heading into 2024, because I'm sure I probably won't talk to you for another fucking three years. Actually, you know, we're <laughs> going to do our shit in person. We're going to do our little event here uh, coming up yes. at some point. At some point yes. this year, you and I are going to be uh, getting together in Philadelphia, and we're going to do a little uh, meet and greet one night where we'll both get up and uh, – talk shit for an hour and then we'll take questions and we'll all go drink beer together um yep. so <clears throat> you know information on that is pending uh heading into 2024 what do you think is going to happen man what do you think uh who's going to be the democratic guy who's going to be the republican guy or woman and uh and who do you think is going to take take home the trophy and who are man. you rooting for Man, to be honest, man, I've been watching that sh the Sri Lankan guy, man, Vivek. I've yeah. been watching Vivek like a lot, and again, like it. Wasn't it you? Wasn't know, you man. that wrote like I'm I'm rooting for this guy just because <laughs> just because he's got my middle name or something? <laughs> my brother's name is Vivek. My brother's name is Vivek. So. The, the weird thing that happens in elections and politics and everything, and you could you could make it all about policy and politics all you want to, but at the end of the day, we're people, we're human beings, right? So right. so we will gravitate to somebody that speaks well. We will gravitate sure. to somebody that carries themselves well. We will gravitate to somebody who looks like they have confidence and everything. And that's that's technically a majority of the reason why we will vote for somebody. You can say you can call it whatever the fuck you want to call it. But we're still human beings, right? And despite the fact that we go through these four-year ridiculous cycles where you know new narratives pop up, and especially in, 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 in the TikTok freaking era where right now I think this election is going to be the most – like active from a social media perspective and you're going to see a couple of candidates really shine on social media and I think that's going to be the one I think that's going to be the one that takes home the freaking gold because we're we're just at that place right now where content is everything and you can't do anything unless you're you're pushing that shit out there so whoever looks great uh, and the smartest on social media to me I think that's it. They're a freaking shoe in. So there's a there's a lot of stuff that I've been I've been watching from uh, um, um, from Vivek and then uh, from the other Indian girl too. And it, and and it's is it surprising here that I'm that I'm rotating or or, or going who's, more who's towards the, other, the Indian background? Who's the other Indian girl? Uh, for Nikki, 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 uh, uh, shit, Nick uh, Nikki, Nikki Haley. Nikki she's Haley. she's Indian. She's she's got a little she got a little Indian in her. Is she really? 
She got a little Indian in her. Is it her or is it the uh, is it the other? It's something with N. Something with N. Oh, I, I can tell. I can tell you've really been doing your research and you've oh, really no. got some conviction behind your picks. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. So who are you rooting you know, for? I'm rooting for Vivek because uh, that's my brother's name, and I'm rooting yeah. for Nikki because she's Indian, but she also might not be. And by the way, she is also- that who I'm talking about? I have no idea, ladies and gentlemen. Saying Lucci. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, indeed, you're literally man. playing identity politics. Indeed, you know? man. Indeed, and that shows you how much I don't, I don't, I don't follow it. I don't, you know, I don't <laughs> throw myself in it. I don't even, I don't even characterize myself as a Democrat or a Republican. Right. I don't characterize myself as a Libertarian. I thought at one point four years ago that I was a Libertarian and I wanted to do. Uh, you know, and I wanted to kind of look at uh, at those kind of politics. Right. But I don't I literally do not. I, I don't I don't involve myself with it. And then from a market's perspective, of course, by the time uh, uh, elections come around and by the time, you know, people are pricing in a certain thing. Sure. <laughs> you know, markets will catch up to it. Markets will start to, uh, to to move and there'll be some narrative that moves everything. I mean, when Trump got elected. It was the wildest day I have ever seen in the in the futures market. That, I, I that was crazy, believe. wasn't it? It was a hundred handle drop. I think it was a little bit more than a hundred handle drop, and then we came all the way back yep. and then rallied fucking three hundred handles after it. Yeah. And it was it was the, the the narrative was oh my god shit is over. And then they bought everything back, and it was the wildest shit I have ever seen in the futures market. Literally, hands down, to this day, to to, to you know, and I've been trading for a while. That shit, I couldn't fucking believe it, man. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of there's a couple of you know sessions that I remember. One was when you know the Swiss fucking depegged their currency from whatever the hell it was pegged to, like some years back, and I was watching the FX markets overnight. And that was wild. And uh, and the other was that that election, man. I, I was just sitting in bed with my laptop when it got to, you know, 9, 10, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. And the late results started to come in just watching those fucking S&P futures. Just, oh, my God, man. The volume was insane. It was something to behold. And they went all the way fucking crashed. And then by the morning... I mean, I think the Dow futures were down like a thousand or something. And then <clears throat> by the time we woke up, got a shower, caught a coffee and got to the office, Dow futures were up 300 or something. It was wild. And then Icon came out. Remember, I said he was in there buying the S&P because it really did make sense. Right. This guy was going to come in and deregulate everything. But it's funny how how quickly everybody goes from, you know, everything's fucked and this guy's going to inadvertently start a nuclear war to actually. And, yeah, like him or hate him, you got to give the guy credit. Maybe four years of peace. You know, we didn't get ourselves involved in any type of fucking war conundrum like we have now going on. And and that's what he did. He cut taxes and, you know, rolled back a lot of regulation for better or for worse. There's positives and negatives to that. But uh but yeah, it's just it's interesting, right? People just looking at the same thing through two different lenses. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to confirm, she is Indian. She is Indian. She's Punjabi. I remember this story cuz oh, okay. I had a conversation. I had a conversation with my mother about her. And <laughs> and as you were saying, did she want identity, you to marry her? 
the identity politics, 100%. She, my mother still wants me, of course, to get married. She still probably thinks that she could set me up and uh, and have an arranged marriage. These days, I've actually started. <laughs> she, is she calling Nikki Haley's parents? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, and 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 the one, and I remember having a conversation with her about it, both Nikki and Vivek. And again, like they're they're that, and it's identity politics through and through, bro. Right. It's they're that they're that first generation, second generation immigrants that made you know that 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 came here with with their parents came here with shit, and they you know they made they made they made a run out of it, man. And I always I will always have so much love for that particular story, and just in and of itself, you know, and those values that they kind of have. And all that kind of stuff, but straight up identity politics, man, absolutely. I remember watching Vivek like years ago when he wrote that book about ending wokeness, and he was on Bill Maher too occasionally. And I was like, man, this guy really makes sense, and he is—he's very well spoken, and he seems very well reasoned. And uh, yeah, I don't think he would be the worst pick in the world. What about um, what about Shamath? Do you respect his hustle? I mean, he's Sri Lankan and brought a giant dump truck full of flaming bags of dog shit <laughs> this guy offloaded uh, you know a, a pile of social, dog shit onto the social capital let's, huh. let's, social let's, capital let's do this in the most socially acceptable you, way you, Dump yeah you, you respect shit. his hustle at what point does it become an insult to your intelligence you know oh, oh man it's always i don't know man it's it's always so many layers deeper than what we understand However, what <laughs> flaming bags of dog shit that got heaped on the the, the retail fucking population? Oh. Man. What flaming bags of dog shit, man? That man was 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 it it it, it was a pump and dump. All it, of this, it was, shit. and it had it had to be. It had to be because spacs really were created because they couldn't bring other shit to the market. In traditional means, so it, you know, spacs literally came to light because people were trying to take shitty companies to the market and that's why SPACs were like you know a yep. thing I remember yep. when the first few SPACs went off in like 2016 2017 yep. uh you know because a couple of buddies of mine were, were watching them and before they got huge and just thinking like man and those companies all didn't wind up doing well and uh yeah so it kind of like had to be listen before uh I know we both are on a schedule here this morning yeah, but yeah, yeah. I didn't do your little podcast jingle at the beginning because I figured I I would rather talk to you about this master course that you're doing. Um, And you can tell me about whatever shit you want, but let let me just play the skeptic here. Okay. And then you can tell me why I'm, why I'm an idiot. All right. How does that sound? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Okay. So Charlie Bathgate, your buddy and my dear friend, and we all love Charlie emails me this thing that uh you know you're doing the master course it's uh starting monday april 24th so we got like three four days and uh i want you to sell me on this fucking thing because you know what i'm gonna say is look all right i don't need another i don't need another fucking jason bond in my life i don't need another (laughs) i don't need another fucking guy sitting in front of a screen you know pumping and dumping crypto or telling me he knows this that and the other and and yeah. just taking my money and fucking running with it. So why don't you tell me what – I mean, look, I know you, so I know you know your shit. But, like, why don't you tell me what you're bringing to the table with this master course that yeah, other people man. aren't and why yeah, people should man. give a shit? Yeah, man. I mean, at the end of the day, like, 
as you said, like I've been around for a while, man. I have been around for a while. I've seen all kinds of these markets, and I've seen all these players come out, like the Jason Bonds and all these other all these other folks who do uh, trading education, and they come out for the they come out for the cash, you know. Yep. And I'm not saying I'm not selling because I I you know I'm I'm doing it for for that as well. Like I've never I have never. I've never hit these 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 levels that these guys are doing. I mean, some of these guys do twenty million dollars in sales for education, and I'm just like, holy shit! And then you look at the actual education, and it's right. fucking trash. <laughs> it is so bad. It is shit that ChatGPT at this point can do, and right. and Google and Google already can handle, but they do it because again. They, they they attach to your soul by telling you how much you know you, you 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 need to change your life and all this kind of other stuff and I've never been able to say things like that right and it's like for me it's like people come to me for the real shit people come to me for the reality of all situations people come to me to give them the tools that that can make career traders out of them these other guys that 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 sell all this stuff i mean let's face it most of their clients they end up they end up trading for about three months and boom you know that's it that 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 is literally it you never see them again and uh and we're in the business of creating career traders people who do this shit for real man people who do this shit on a daily basis and people who want to acquire the skill sets that'll allow them to last decades here in this game as i have um and we've uh, brought in so many other instructors as well that think on the same lines as us um Wall Street Jesus, of course, being one of them, and he's just—he's just—he's one of the OGs in this in this game, uh, and he's the one that kind of started the trend uh, of options flow, which now everybody yep. is 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 using. And if you don't use options flow now, oh my God, oh my God, what are you going to do with yourself? You don't use it, oh my God, you don't use it. Uh, it's the only way to trade. All this kind of stuff. We created all this stuff, you know. So again, we are the. We are the OGs that will always be here standing no matter how many no matter how many of the new guys come in and come out you know we're 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 always there and we're always evolving we're always kind of giving new tools for, uh, for our traders uh, and we incorporate it every single year that we do this in the master course so it changes every single time this is the last time that we're going to do a lifetime subscription right so for from previous sessions everybody's been able to take the master course over and over and over again to see what new things we've kind of brought to the game um, you know and this year is is the biggest one this year is the biggest one. It's the last time that we're going to do the lifetime uh, uh, subscription. So it's cool because so. you know since you guys started, and like you said, ten years ago when I joined Twitter and I started watching what you guys were writing, I didn't know what Wall Street Jesus was writing about. He'd say, "Okay, call sweepers are coming in, put sweepers are coming in," and I start to understand. Okay, this guy's talking about you know aggressive or notably aggressive options trades where people are coming in and just taking out the offer taking out the bid uh you know that's worth noting and back then it was much more of an isolated indicator that somebody might know something because the options market wasn't as liquid as it is today yep. and so now it's even more prevalent and i think and even more important i'm not just saying this because i'm your friend and look i 
I know you. I know you're a person of integrity. I know you're an honest person. Otherwise, I wouldn't be talking to you. I wouldn't be dealing with you. End of story. Yep. There's a million. I got a list of fucking people that I've said no to that I don't want them sponsoring me. I don't want them on the podcast. Every fucking dildo that we're just talking about. Oh, come on, educate your listeners. It's like you know what? They're doing better off just failing without you than having you come in fake educating them and then having them fail worse thinking they have an education. Yep. But what I'll say is nowadays, man. The options market is like the tail that wags the dog. Nothing to the fucking, you know, if you look at Zero Hedge, right, which is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Zero Hedge is on it. They fucking know their shit. If you yeah. look at their articles about active trading day yeah. to day, week to week, what's going to happen this week? What's going to happen last week? You read their spot gamma stuff. It's yeah. all about where are the fucking options pins, Yep. Right. Like, yep. where, you know, where, where, what are the calls versus the puts in the indexes and how that's going to drive the market and how many days there are until expiration. And that is what moves the market. Right. So, like, have you noticed that? Have you noticed how much bigger of a role options have played? Oh, 100 percent, man. 100 <sighs> percent, of course. And after the bust out of all these new options flow models, which, by the way, they don't know how to filter. The problem with with uh, with a lot of the models that come out now, the new platforms that are saying, you know, follow this options flow, is they don't know how to filter. You cannot look, as you said, the volume is through the roof. There's trillions of dollars being changed uh, uh, every single day in the options market. If you don't have a filter and you don't know what to look for, your shit is useless. You're pumping out useless options data to clients that don't even know how to pick and choose and how to cherry pick and, and do any of that and do any of that whatsoever so you know the options market now is going is going to the folks who know who understand the deep layers here behind how players are putting on their positions how they are hedging what that all looks like how you how how you hedge for gamma how you hedge for data all the implied volatility stuff if you don't understand that to that level on the options you're not going to know what to look for you know and again that's 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 where we that's where we pride ourselves on man we've been doing this shit for a while man so we know what to look for and we know what um, you know what's going to create uh, uh, these kind of big moves in uh, in the markets here. So absolutely, man. Options options have and always have been, uh, you know, a good barometer here of uh, of what's going on in the market and uh, and and potential opportunities. Um, what is the uh, is the master course? It's all done online, right? You break it up into into sessions yep. virtually. Yep, yep, yep. So it's about 26, I believe, or close to about uh, 30, 30 actual sessions. Um, and Christ. there's a exactly. It started with only 10 uh, to 12, and uh, and now you're getting a whole psychology course inside of it. Uh, you're getting a bonus crypto course. Uh, you're getting two months of uh, uh, steam room access, which is where uh, Wall Street Jesus lives. That's his home. Um, you know, you're getting you're getting a, a whole writing strategy. Obviously, the lifetime access. Uh, you know, so you're getting a lot of value um, uh, this time around uh, from all the mentors here that are are, are going to be involved uh, uh, in the course, man. How has you know? Just explain what the steam room is to my listeners and and how it's evolved sure. over the last ten years. Sure, the steam room because <clears> I mentioned kinda... it. I mentioned it on every podcast. Every yeah. you know, in the beginning of every podcast, I talk about the steam room, and I yep. say my little bit, and I send you a couple people here and there. But yeah. uh, you can probably do a better job explaining it and explaining how it's 
evolved than than yeah. I yeah yeah absolutely um we built this uh, uh chat room more or less from scratch right i mean we kind of went through the we kind of went through the the most people have discord chats and they just shove everybody in telegram chats at this point uh we built our own we built our own so that we could pipe in the data that we wanted to pipe in so every single uh, uh you know every single year we're adding new tools uh to the room so basically you get access to our options flow feed and this is specific from uh, Wall Street Jesus. So you have him filtering out all this options flow for you. Uh, we have data analytics in there where you can analyze and and highlight certain types of flow that you want to make sure you watch. Uh, you know, over time. Um, you know, we also have a uh, a kind of a, a an indicator where things get a little hot or or a little cold. So, for example, if we're looking at all the options flow out there, we can see that if we're too bearish or too bullish. And, uh, you know, we know kind of a reversal is, is, is coming. Uh, we have audio broadcasts in there as well. Uh, and then we have a lot of different channels for different kinds of uh, for different kinds of groups of people, uh, crypto channels, uh, master course channels. So if you guys are taking the course, you can talk to everybody else who's in the course with you. Um, you know, so every single one of our mentors will have their own channel. Uh, we'll have their own kind of community in there as well. Uh, you, you know, you can direct message anybody in there. So we have a lot of, uh, you know, just kind of communication with traders going on inside the room as well as a lot of valuable data uh, that you can <clears throat> pin, that you can pin, that you can classify, that you can analyze yourself. Um, you know, that'll help you kind of flag orders here and flag moves uh, that you want to pay attention to. Uh, for example, I'll give you the, I'll give you one of the biggest ones that happened uh, over the past couple of uh, over the past couple of months. Uh, somebody bought this was meta back in March, right when the markets were crashing and everybody was panicking. Somebody bought maybe $2 million of calls on Meta. These were in the monies, right? So this guy didn't want any, you know, didn't want any right. IV on top of it. He bought in the money 115 calls. Stock was about 170. And a day after, you know, the thing popped to 190, came back to like 182. This guy bought another $2 million on that same line. And he is now, he now doubled his money here. The stock's trading at 220. And I don't know what the hell this guy figured out, but once I figured out what it was, it was just that massive buying is massive rotation to those tech names, despite the fact of how weak and how the, the sentiment in the markets were. That's it. We're going to shit. They went ahead and bought BTC. They bought NVIDIA. They bought Meta. They bought certain risk on assets. And that was that was the play, man. That was the play. This guy doubled his freaking money. This guy doubled his money and tripled his money on a freaking in the money option for November. Right. For November, he <laughs> went out wild. to fucking November <laughs> and doubled his money there. And there were so many ways that you could have made money off of that. If you're an options writer, if you're a day trader, all kinds of shit, you know. So sure, yeah, he wanted to take yeah. that, like you said, he wanted to take that implied volatility, wanted to take the theta off the table, you know, and make yep. sure that that wasn't a factor, and just wanted. Just wanted a little, uh, a little something extra instead of going yep. in and buying the equity because that's not a that's not a furious leveraged uh, bet to buy something in the money like that. But you probably make mm, like two and a half to one than what what you would make on the, uh, exactly. the equity if I'm doing exactly. it in my head properly. So exactly. look, I I'll say one thing before I let you go. I know you got shit to do this morning. You know, you have been a supporter of mine for a very long time now. We have known each other for a long time. I have never seen you 
push fucking a lifestyle uh, as part of your education shit. I've never seen you with the fucking photo of the Ferrari. I, you know, <laughs> I, I know you drive a Camry or whatever. We talked about the one time, but like, you know, you, I got a Jeep now. I got a Jeep now. <laughs> okay. You, you don't sell the lifestyle to move your education shit. You, you know, you make a concerted effort to make it about, um, to make it about the product, to make it about the education and not to, you know, not to, pop and floss and sell a dream that you know people aren't going to get and that you know that should tell a lot of people a lot of things uh right up front you never come to me ever ever and say hey let's push this let's push that you fucking leave me alone you let me say what i want to say about you and you continue to support me this master course that you do is like once a year right or like once every uh 18 yeah. months that you do it yeah yep yep right so this is you know this is it we're not uh, this isn't a paid advertisement for saying lucci this is uh hey you know dude's fucking legit and here's what he's offering and yes it costs money okay so like that's yep. just how it goes but uh yeah man i think it's worthwhile for anybody that you know wants to learn from you i think there's probably a ton that i could learn from you guys, except I don't have the patience to sit around and listen to you for fucking 26, <laughs> 26 sessions. You know what I mean? I'm just going to continue sucking at, uh, at options trading, but, but have a little extra, <laughs> a little extra free time. Indeed. So, indeed. 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 All right. The uh, master course starts Monday, April 24th. That will be three days from now. People can hit you up personally. I'm going to give out your email. We didn't talk about this in advance, but it's sanglucci at gmail.com. So uh, sorry if you didn't want to put that shit out there, but there it is. People can email you directly or they can email uh, Charlie. Let me find his shit. Yeah, Charlie at sanglucci.com. Charlie at sanglucci.com, right? You can check you out on Twitter at sanglucci. Just Google sanglucci. I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that people will uh, get through to you uh, one way or the other, and that uh, and that you'll hook them up. Absolutely, man. You said that Absolutely. two months of uh, steam room access is cool because then you get the course, and then you get to see how you guys actually put it into practice on a daily basis. Yes, sir. Yes, Anything sir. else? No, man. That's it, man. That's it. When are we doing this Philly event, man? <clears throat> Soon. Um, hey, man, my my voice is all fucked up. See, this is why we can't do shit early in the morning. <laughs> Although I held it, I held it together there for an hour, but uh, yeah, what we're gonna do is we're gonna do a Lucci meets, uh, <clears throat> but I'll be there too, and uh, okay. I, I think I got the venue down. Um, we just got to get a date, and I'm thinking okay. that this summer we're definitely we're definitely gonna do it. I'm thinking All like right. probably early summer we'll get together, and this how this is how I envision it. Although I mean, you we haven't brainstormed about it. I think we're each gonna talk for 45 minutes, do our thing maybe an hour we'll take as many questions and answers as fucking people that want to offer them up from the people that are there the venue's going to be intimate i think you probably fit like maybe 100 or 150 people there at this place that i'm looking at uh we'll make it affordable and we'll make sure it comes with the with an open bar and that'll be that does that sound good to you hell yeah man i can't wait man i can't wait i've never been to philly man so i gotta check it out with you oh really never been to philly wow all right so that's how you plan an event in 45 seconds or less (laughs) <laughs> All right, fools. Everybody have a good one. Lucci, I'll talk to you soon, brother. All right, take care, man. All right, that was the one, the only Mr. Sang Lucci of Sang Lucci and Wall Street Jesus and the steam room and all that other shit we were just talking about. I got to go through my morning routine here, folks. I've only had two cups of coffee this morning, and that's a problem. I'm going to need at least 15 more of those, so I'm going to get on that. 
And uh, you guys uh, keep on doing whatever you're doing. The podcast will be back in about a week or two. And really, that's it. I'm out. Peace.